about mental health, neurodivergence, and how it impacts literally every aspect of our lives. All of them. I'm Penn. And I'm Harvey. And uh, we keep taking breaks a little bit, but you know what? That's because we live our lives and we're doing our best. For better or for worse, we are adults, uh, and that means that we are very busy always. Mm-hmm. Also, we've both just moved. Yeah, like around probably within, what, two weeks of each other? Yep. Something like that. And I've been depressed. Me too. Wow! Woo! Woo! Air, Air high, high five. five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but this is, we're recording in July, but it's going to come out in uh, August, which will be... The two-year anniversary of doing this podcast. God, that's so weird. It's 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 extremely weird. It's extremely weird. And cool. It is neat. It's it is weird and it is neat and it is cool. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so today, what we kind of want to do in honor of our two-year anniversary mm-hmm. uh, is we want to um, kind of talk about. Neurodivergence and Pride, which was part of kind of the major crux of what started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that just has a general theme, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's to kind of touch on that, like back when I when I first was like, hey, Harvey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And I said, sure. <laughs> um, there were a few things that really sparked it, but the what sparked wanting to do it on neurodivergence was kind of twofold. One was, well, a little bit more. One was that I was uh, doing, I'd been doing like a lot of activism work uh, with queer identity and also studying a lot of queer stuff. And frankly, I was kind of sick of that being everything for me. Uh, So I wanted to do something that wasn't about my queerness for once. Um, Though obviously it impacts neurodivergence and neurodivergence impacts it. That's just how things work. Intersectionality. Uh, but the, what really, there was a, a reading that I did actually for one of my queer studies classes, um, <laughs> by an author. And I've mentioned this before, um, M. Remy Yergu. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I and they, recognize that name. they are autistic and wrote an, yeah, an extremely neat piece. Um, a few really good things. Um, and what it was the first time that I really thought about being neurodivergent and proud mm-hmm. uh, was that was that was in part of their piece and it was a really compelling thought um, and and that was one of the things that I brought up with Harvey I think way back in 2020 in 2020 20, uh, no horrid uh, yeah so that is that's kind of like what we're circling back around to is is that concept that, that that sparked this podcast and also last month was uh queer pride month and that was fun now it's queer wrath month <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that people hide yourselves i have teeth and i will use them oh i didn't see it's probably because i'm not on social media anymore but i didn't see anyone making uh jokes about how it was uh also what honda accord sale month <laughs> that's the <laughs> what? That's, no like how it like june is is queer pride month and for cishet people it's like happy honda accord sale i'll find the reference you know before we get ahead of ourselves though mm-hmm. oh yes harvey Tell harvey me about your mm-hmm. wahoo moment of the week 
of the existence of the existence of since the, the last time we recorded. Uh, yes, my wahoo wahoo moment uh, is actually it's kind of related oh. a little bit uh, to some of the things I'll bring up later. Uh, but I have been rereading a bit a series that I was really into when I was. In high school. That's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to think more about time and age. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but it was, you know, a while ago. Um, mm-hmm. The Mortal Instrument series by Cassandra Clare uh, mm. and Infernal Devices. They're actually not really into No one who's listening to this will care about that. I was going to um, say, I have no idea what this is. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be relevant for people. But, one, it's been nice to, you know, reread some books um, that I haven't read in a while. Two, there's actually some, some newer ones uh, about... One of a couple of the characters I actually really really like, mm. um, and they're queer too. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was that was nice, and it was it was really nice to read something new for the first time in a while, but like yeah. still attached to something I cared about. And it was also the first time in a while that I've read a book and been like, what, what, what is this plot twist? Why would you? Like, <laughs> Man, that's a that's like a lot coming from you. You read quite a bit. Uh, I do, but it's mostly like fan fiction now, that's so fair. it's not new stuff. Fan fiction is good oh it's great and it's like (laughs) such a unique medium and i have like so much for it but there's not twists in the same way sure because it's already an established thing uh but yeah it was (laughs) it was actually one of the books by her was the first one i ever threw across a room oh it was also one of them was the first that i ever pre-ordered because i was that excited about it coming out (laughs) was this the same one that you threw across the room no but that one did make me cry and literally shout at least once oh man uh, which was pretty intense for me i was gonna say shoot yeah yeah it's there there's something else but there's one specific character um who i'm going to reference a little bit later when it comes to to pride um uh magnus bane uh who is a warlock and bisexual Oh. Uh, and also uh, Indonesian, not white, which is great. Um, but I've always been very compelled by by Magnus Bain. Yeah, um, always related to. It's also such a name. I like it. Isn't it? It's so cool. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Harvey, what's your moment of our existence? Our existence, aka Since the last time we <laughs> talked. Yes. Yeah, uh, this one's going to be probably a little bit whack. The The last time we recorded, um, I was dating a person mm-hmm. that I am no longer dating. Yes. Um, and that breakup has proven to be actually really healthy and good for me. Good, yes. And oh man, if he listens to this episode, this is probably going to sting. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just happier. And good. I'm really, really grateful for that. Yeah, I know that was really hard for you, but it definitely, I think, definitely an improvement for your life overall. Uh, also, if he's listening to this, like, you drew boundaries, that's on him. That's fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm happy for you, buddy. Ah, well, thank you. Even in our complications, there is, there is good to be found even in the pain. That's true, yeah. Also, when we briefly had to pause because the recording was being weird, uh, I found the joke that I was that I was thinking about. Oh yeah, an old Tumblr. Um, happy Pride to all my gay friends and Happy Kia Summer Sales event to all my straight friends. Kia Summer Sales event. Kia yeah, Summer that sounds right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I don't know cars because I'm not straight. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> One of these days we're going to get accused of being, like, heterophobic or something. That would be... We'd have to have more of an audience to have that, and, uh, well... Fair point. Take that, suckers. You're still listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we're going to talk about pr- being proud um, as, as neurodivergent people. Tell me your thoughts, Pen. I have so many thoughts. I know this. <laughs> Just in general. Mm-hmm. Well... I was thinking about it, and I've, I've thought about it a lot, because that's it's such a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. Because our neurodivergence is different than other aspects of our identity, mm-hmm. which is kind of a no- nothing statement, because that's like, yeah, that's just true. Good job, Penn. But it's like, well, uh, hang on. We've got more yeah, to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, when it comes to something like being non-binary, which I am. Wow. Uh, then it's, like, this thing hurts me, but only because of society. Right. It is, for me, just, like, a fact of myself, and I'm very proud of the steps that I've taken with it, you know? Sure. Uh, and when it comes to queer pride generally, it's kind of, like, there's that sense of movement, you know, with it, like, of community. Yeah. Like, we are proud because we're told not to be. Sure. Uh, and also because we're cool. Yes, um, absolutely. And so there's there's that with my with my bisexuality and with being non-binary, things like that. Mm-hmm. Of the only reason this ever hurts me is because of external things, and my pride is me saying, I know this about myself, and I refuse to not speak it and not and hurt myself by pretending just because of you. You refuse to apologize for it too. Yes, yes, and that's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. to to be proud like that like you know Mm -hmm. being non-binary especially having to correct pronouns constantly because there's no such thing as going stealth when you're non-binary nope which is uh that part sucks that part just sucks yeah yeah but again that's an external thing sure uh and when i think about pride Mm -hmm. there's well there's a quote from avatar the last airbender that i think about (laughs) Um, okay which is Pride is not the opposite of shame, or shame is not the opposite of pride, but rather where it draws its source. Mm. And I think that that is, I, that is a perspective that I've kind of adopted with mm. it. Mm-hmm. Like being proud of something is refusing to be ashamed of it, mm. but it's still coming from that, I think, largely external point, kind of. Like if you are ashamed of something, it's because someone has made you feel as if you should be. Yeah. Uh, whether that's like, you know, moral judgments or just society being fundamentally bad sometimes. It's just like that. It is just like that sometimes. Uh, and so with with pride in, in my queer identity, that has more to do with like the movement as a whole and of me trying to hold that as a form of resilience. Mm-hmm. And there are movements... Uh, the Mad Pride movement, for example, uh, that are based on like neurodivergence and and being proud of it and refusing to be silenced. Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot. It also gets less attention. Yeah. And so being proud of neurodivergence is something that isn't remotely as like considered or even just considered acceptable. Yeah. And it's complicated too because my ADHD, which is the root of basically all of my neurodivergence. I still think my social anxiety has its own, like, its own little roots. 
Sure. Because uh, of how intense it is comparatively. Yeah. But my ADHD, like the depression and anxiety, suck a lot. Yeah. And are exacerbated by it and or caused by it in the first place. And mm. there's the executive dysfunction and just fundamental lack of dopamine. Those are so hard. Yeah. But if I didn't have ADHD, I wouldn't be the same person. Sure. Because it's just how I think. It's the way that my mind is formed and shaped. It's like there's the emotional dysregulation and also there's the way that my thoughts just race and how that's not always a good thing, but also means I can make connections so quickly sometimes and mm -hmm. how it means I can't understand some things or there's just going to be a block and that block is going to lead to emotions I don't want to have yeah. and lashing out sometimes. But it also means I do understand some other things so much better and easier. And there is this endless well of creativity and passion that is just as real as the endless pit of hurt and despair. Yeah, wow. And the way that Magnus Bain is connected to this, mm -hmm. uh, he's, I mean, neurodivergence isn't really talked about much, um, mm -hmm. at least with him. And so it's not that directly. It's one of the books that I, that I read, one of the new ones, had a line from uh, his perspective. Mm -hmm. He had a hard-won high opinion of himself. And in the context of that part, it was specifically about... It's not about not seeing your faults or, or thinking that you're perfect. Mm -hmm. Recognizing, knowing your lows and your highs and yourself and really believing that you're not defined by your worst it's about leaving the door open to change and newness and vulnerability because even though it can hurt so much it's also what makes life worthwhile yeah seeing the good and the bad and still trying and with magnus specifically it's at that point in the book, it was about being in a moment and a good moment, but knowing that someday it might be a bad memory that hurts mm. or not even a bad memory, just a painful one. Yeah. And knowing that the only thing you can really do is try to hope that it won't be and how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And that hard one, high opinion is about seeing all of those things of himself and and seeing that trying as so much more important than all of the pettiness or the just the bad parts mm -hmm. and how i would say like i really feel that that line that mm -hmm. hard one high opinion of myself because i do have a fairly high opinion of myself and it is because I know myself. I know what my lowest low was like. And I know what my second lowest low was like. And I know yeah. what it's like when I hurt. I know what it's like when I lash out. I know what it's like for me to 
be the worst of myself. Yeah. And I know what it's like for me to for me to be the best of myself. And all of that is so fundamentally tied up in my neurodivergence because when I'm at the lowest of my lows, that's when I'm the lowest in depression and fear and pain. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to keep yourself open in those moments. Yeah. And how do you decide if that's something you can be proud of? How do you decide if this thing that can hurt you and can make this depression so hard and can cause you to lash out at people because you don't know how to regulate your own emotions because you don't have the brain chemicals for it? Yeah. How can you see that thing and be proud of it? And is it about being refused, about refusing to be ashamed of it? For me, it's not so much being proud Mm -hmm. of my ADHD as it is accepting it. Mm. I lay the parts of me out in front of myself and I accept them. And that is the most radical thing I can do. It is more radical than just being proud insistently for me. Mm. In what way? Because it's not about not being ashamed. It's about knowing myself and seeing myself. And it's not, and I'll talk about it and I'll be open about it. And it's, I don't know if I can apply the word proud to it because it's just fundamental to me. Sure. I'm proud of myself for some of the things that I've done, but when it comes to just me, I don't think it's so much about pride as it is that hard one high opinion. Hmm. That seeing myself and accepting myself and saying like, yeah, yeah, I know what you think of me and I know how much my ADHD can hurt and I know that I'm not supposed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm supposed to, if I manage to regulate my neurodivergence, that means I don't talk about it. That means that I present as normal as I can and refusing to do that because instead I'm going to be myself. It's not quite pride for me, but it's, I think, functionally similar, hmm. especially to like the queer pride movements. And that's that's a lot of things. <laughs> that's yeah. a lot of, of stuff. But when I was, I mean, frankly, in the shower yesterday, it's what I was thinking about with like, am I proud? Am mm-hmm. I proud of this? Yeah. So that's me. That's mine. Yeah. That's... Well, I get the feeling that my half of explaining my pride is going to be a lot less... Verbose isn't the word I'm looking for. Uh, well That's fair, though. Well-spoken. Um, <laughs> I think mine's going to pale in comparison a little bit, but you know what? That's fine. Um, we're different people. We're... And I'm, I mean, you know, I did a whole like speech about it instead of having a more conversational thing. And, you know, pros and cons. Pros and cons. That's very true. Um... Yeah, I mean, this isn't a question. This is a question. I was about to say this isn't something that I think about very much. That's not true. Um, I haven't thought about it much in the context of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think about from time to time, like, whether or not I'm proud, whether being autistic is something that I ought to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hmm. You know, I think when we were starting this podcast... I I think I was coming at this very much from a perspective of 
I just want people to see me and recognize me mm-hmm. and understand that people like me are not fundamentally broken or anything like that. It was just, it's not assimilationist because that isn't an assimilationist politic. Well, well, I mean, it, it airs on the side because I'm, I'm realizing that I think when I started, I kind of wanted this to be sort of a, hey, I'm just like you, except with this one difference. <laughs> and the thing is, this is something that we talked about a lot, that one of my things that I studied, by the way, I graduated college. Um, <laughs> um, one of the things that I studied in my undergrad was queer theory. I studied a lot of queer theory and I got really into it and I got really into this notion of sort of questioning what does it mean to be normal quote unquote Mm -hmm. and what parts of yourself do you lose when you insist on being normal I like that and that's something that I think about a lot that you know, like, what do I really want as a neurodivergent person? Do I want to be seen as everyone else? Or do I want to be seen in my difference and respected for it and celebrated for the person that I am not in spite of, but because of my neurodivergence? Yeah. And... This is why I, I'm not much of a proponent of, like, Autism Awareness Month, but more Autism Acceptance Month. Yes. That I, I really do think that there needs to be this massive cultural paradigm shift. Yes. In the way that neurodivergence is viewed. I don't talk about myself in a super positive light most of the time. Um, I'm probably, and this is going to, this is going to be counterintuitive because it's going to be a not very humble thing to say. (laughs) I think broad strokes, I'm sort of excessively humble, um, Mm. combined with having generally low self-esteem. Yeah. So I'm reluctant to say anything especially positive about myself, but I'm really smart. Yeah. I'm really, really, really smart and I have important things to say. Yeah. And that's in part because of the way that my autism has me focus Mm-hmm. on the things that I care about. I get so into a topic and I will make myself understand every little part of it until I move on to the next thing. And sometimes it's Stardew Valley, other times it's queer theory and how that changes, interrupts, facilitates trans people's ability to be resilient, which is what I did my thesis on. Ooh, that's, that's cool. I should send you that paper. I would love to read that paper. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to like email it to you when this episode's over. But um, so I don't think I'm at the point yet where I'm proud. Mm-hmm. I think proud is a strong word. Um, I'm now less concerned about people just respecting me. Yeah. I don't feel like I need to fight for acceptance. Uh, I feel like I get to chastise people until they accept me, because if they don't, well, that sounds like a them problem. Yeah. That's, that's not something that I need to carry on my shoulders. That's not my burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, for me, some of this loops back around to transmedicalist circles. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody who's not familiar, the concept of transmedicalism is the idea that you need uh, gender dysphoria to be trans. Um, and that's not only 
scientifically incorrect if you look at the psychological mm-hmm. evidence for it, but it's also um, very Western-centric, very white-centric, ahistorical as well. I also personally find it like that's sort of like not statement because if you if we define gender dysphoria as distress related to gender as like not as like yeah like any distress related to being perceived or feeling like the gender you were assigned at birth that's also just what being trans is yeah like it's just not being cis it's a it's a non-argument. It's the same thing. But if I had to pick one yes. side, I would say you don't need dysphoria. Um, in any case, one of the things that's very common in circles like these is an assimilationist politic. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's a lot of, and this is coming from a real place of pain, yeah. that there's this really strong thing around, like, I wish other trans people, and they're especially talking about gender non-conforming and non-binary trans people, we're like, I wish that trans people would just be normal because they're the reason that we are not accepted by society. <laughs> Which is just absurd. It's, it's, a, it's a fundamentally inaccurate argument. But if you're marginalized, you've probably heard that in other situations and maybe felt it a little bit. Yeah. That's why I was a trans med when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. It was because I was in a, a deep, and that's not to excuse the things that I said or did because they weren't okay. But I was coming from a deep place of pain, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't being accepted. My own family was shunning me to an extent. Mm -hmm. And so, God, of course I was reaching for literally any way for people to just give me a sliver of humanity. That's, I think the only place those kinds of perspectives can come from is pain and fear. Yeah, and so I, I think when we started this podcast, I was I was still at least a little bit in denial about being autistic. Mm. I think I knew, um, but I didn't really want it to be true because it complicated my life quite a bit. Yeah. Um, what, like being non-binary? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or gay, or disabled. Yeah. So on and so forth. So I, I think when we started this podcast, I, I think... That's sort of the place that I was at. Not to the extent of, I wish other autistic people would just be normal, because what? No, that's bonkers. Um, But I think I was coming from that place of pain of just wanting people to give me my humanity and feeling like it was my responsibility to coax that out. Yeah. And at least now I've progressed to the point where I don't feel that way. Good. That I feel like the point of this podcast for me is not to make people accept me but to provide the neurodivergent perspective that is almost never considered yeah in the way that it should be because we have important insight on things yeah especially the way that the world is just fundamentally set up to punch down and make people feel small yeah even neurotypical people oh yeah it's and all of this is tied into capitalism yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> not to be a socialist but also but also, if you're not profitable, then you are considered completely and utterly useless. Worse than useless. Yeah. Detrimental. Mm-hmm. Something to be trimmed away. And so, I don't think I'm proud yet. But I think I'm getting closer. I think this is a step closer to pride. Um, and I mean, gosh, queer, queer pride took me a long time, too. Hmm. So maybe, that this is, maybe this is just my process of developing neurodivergence pride. 
Well, you know what, Harvey? What's that? I'm proud of you. Oh. I'm proud of... Because I've seen you on this particular journey. <laughs> You've known me since I was 18. Yeah. And I'm 22 I've, now. <laughs> I have known you the entire time that you have, like, out loud said, I think I might be autistic. Like, that's the realization, which, you know, I might have happened, like, might have started before we met. Uh, it, the, like, uh, the mm-hmm. kind of the inklings were in my mm-hmm. brain that something was different about me, but I think I refused to label it autism. I, I have known you since you started saying, at mm-hmm. least to other people, I think this might be an autism moment in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I've also known you uh, as your, your journey through anxiety has really majorly shifted. Yeah. And Thanks, medication. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, but seeing you go from like, well, I don't know if I'm autistic to I don't know if I really count as autistic if I'm not getting a diagnosis and I don't know if I want a diagnosis, but also if I don't get a diagnosis, am I really autistic? To like just saying I am autistic claiming that as your own and not needing someone else to say it for you. All of that, and I'm proud of you. Aww. Because it's not easy to do any of that. It's not, because we're not supposed to. We yeah. aren't supposed to. We're not we're supposed never... to take this for ourselves. Never. That neurodivergence is, is, is positive, is this thing that is bestowed upon you by the great gods of psychiatry. Who I really cannot stress enough i'm so annoyed by yeah and if it's if it's not a death sentence it's yeah i mean it feels like you have been what's been bestowed upon you is a disability but that doesn't that disability doesn't start when you receive your diagnosis Mm -hmm. if anything receiving that diagnosis or just understanding that you fit into a particular label because diagnosis is not all that important. Mm-hmm. Um, having that language makes yeah. it make sense, and then you can find ways to work around it. It's and with it, yes, yes, with it. It when we are told, "Hey, this is the way that you are neurodivergent," and I really, I want to stress that a lot of this is specifically about neurodivergence in terms of these things that are with us since birth. Yeah. These things that are with us always, these these chronic things, these incurable things. And ADHD and autism are, I think, like kind of the classic ones there. I'm not talking about my depression. I'm not talking about my social anxiety. Those just suck. Other things, but just as reference, other yes. things that sometimes count as neurodivergence. Uh, OCD yeah. counts as neurodivergence. A lot of psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia. Yep. Um, obviously we can't speak on those because neither of us have those to our knowledge. Um, but there are other kinds of neurodivergence that aren't just ours. Yes, absolutely. But it's those things that fundamentally change the way that your brain works. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's complicated. Uh Uh-huh. And that complication, like when we get the diagnosis, it's supposed, it is a professional saying, here's what's wrong with you. Pretty or much. to our guardians, here's what's wrong with your kid. And that's how it's posited and that's how it's presented. And that's like, that's why I, I can totally be with like the mad pride movement and things like that. Because the point of it is, screw you. <laughs> it's you don't get to say 
how I am and how I feel about this. You don't get to silence me. You don't get to kill me anymore. You don't get to electrocute my brain just because you hate me, just because this is wrong to you. And with that, in an activist sense, I am unashamedly proud of being neurodivergent and no one can ever silence me on that. Yeah. But then from that personal perspective, it's more complicated than pride. Yeah. Like this is, you know, I can be proud of like some fan fiction I wrote, <laughs> but how do I figure out if I'm proud of a thing that hurts me and heals me and just is me? Hmm. You know, Pen, I'm proud of you too. Aww. See, you understand how it feels now. Yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, I mean, I've also known you for the past four years. We met at the same time. We've told that story before. <laughs> yes, I... I'm sorry, the phrase we met at the same time is really funny. It was meant to be funny. Good. Kind of along the lines of, I was born at an incredibly young age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know, I, I, at least as far as I can remember, I remember the ways in which this used to be a lot harder for you, that it was harder to accept the ways in which maybe sometimes your neurodivergence led you to be unkind to people or unkind to yourself, struggling to move through the world. And it's, if nothing else, at least from my perspective, it's, it's nice to see you take that and go, maybe this isn't the best thing about me and maybe this hurts me and other people, but it's me. And I'm not going to get anywhere by beating down on myself for it. So I won't. That is, that is exactly it. It is. Thank you. It's nice to be seen. And that is, that is the thing for me. Like, I can't say, I think, I don't think I can say whether or not I am proud of my neurodivergence. But I can say that I've accepted it. And because it's a fundamental part of me, I would not be myself if I didn't have ADHD it's part of how my brain is and it's part of you and it's part of me and I have accepted myself and I've looked at all the parts of myself and I've decided yeah I like this one and that means that is a hard one high opinion that is me looking at my ADHD and deciding because it's part of me yeah I like this one yeah. You know, I in my opinion, if we're if we're keeping with the theme of radical self-acceptance, which I am and not just radical self-acceptance, but radical self-love, though radical self-acceptance is the first part of that, mm -hmm. thereby mm -hmm. the first step to pride is self-acceptance. Yeah. And hey, we're there. That's important. That's nature. So, I don't know. Maybe we see how we're doing in about a year. <laughs> yeah. And this... I imagine there are, you know, other, other neurodivergent people listening to this. And maybe not knowing the answer to the question of whether they're proud of it. Or maybe knowing the answer. And if that's no, that's you. We're not looking to change your mind. No. And if the answer is yes, good for you. Cool. Join the club. Great. Well, well, we're not quite there yet. Yeah, we're 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 uh, we're filling out the paperwork still. <laughs> but there's 
so many forms. God. It's actually kind of ableist. I don't know what they were thinking. (laughs) That's just observational humor. Uh, But wherever you are in it, none of this is us trying to change anybody's mind. This is all just a perspective of it. And I think a very, a very important one. And I think we should talk, we should talk about neurodivergent pride because we should talk about neurodivergence and we should talk about it as something more than a harmful thing. Because it's not exclusively. And that means we have to talk about the idea of loving it. Not in spite of it, but loving it. And loving the way that it makes you feel and loving the way that it changes you. The way that it is. If we're going to talk about neurodivergence as more than just harm, we have to talk about it as not just a theoretical positive, but as a positive. And that I'll do proudly. Checkmate. (laughs) you know what i think that is an excellent note to wrap this one up on so happy two years pen to our uh podcast relationship i'm 24 (laughs) (laughs) happy two years harvey was that a reference to the vine that's a reference to the vine cool okay stick around for just a few more moments and hopefully for the next year and we'll tell you a little bit more about how this podcast is made beyond introspection is an independently run podcast by penn novice and harvey laford music by girl lloyd you can find us on twitter and instagram at bynd podcast or you can email us at beyond dot that's d-o-t podcast at gmail.com We publish on Buzzsprout, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find the links to our social media and email in the podcast description. Got feedback for us? Feel free to reach out on social media or via email. We'd love to hear from everyone. Take care of yourselves. (laughs) 